This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, October 25th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Talley. Here's today's headlines. U.S. Chinese meet on details of deal, bolstering port inspections. Farm bill quandary. Elvis has an opinion and Pence talks tough on China. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin are scheduled to resume negotiations with Chinese Vice Premier Liu He today in an effort to finalize Phase 1 of a trade pact that is promised to result in massive increases in U.S. ag exports to China. Vice President Mike Pence yesterday ripped into China over its treatment of Hong Kong protesters and Uyghur Muslims, accusing the country of continuing to steal U.S. technology and promised continued support for Taiwan, all sore topics for the Chinese. President Trump still believes Beijing wants to make a deal, and we welcome this support for American agriculture and hope it can be signed soon. But China knows there's a whole range of structural and significant issues between our countries that must also be addressed. Pence spoke in a speech yesterday in Washington. Trump has said he hopes he and Chinese President Xi Jinping will be able to sign the train pact next month when they attend the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit in Chile. Bill to Boaster Port Inspections Passes The Senate has passed a bill to ramp up the number of agricultural inspectors at ports and airports. The Protecting America's Food and Agriculture Act would authorize Customs and Border Protection to hire 200 more agriculture specialists each year. The bill, passed by the Senate by voice vote yesterday afternoon, a companion measure is pending in the House. Appropriators pressed to boost broadband funding. A bipartisan group of nearly 50 House members is asking Senate and House appropriators in a letter to put more money into USDA's Reconnect Rural Broadband Funding Program. Kids have a tough time finishing homework. Businesses can't recruit the workers they need, and farmers forego taking advantage of the latest technologies simply due to their zip code. That the word of Representative Abigail Spanberger of Virginia, a lead co-author of the letter, speaking with AgriPulse. The House Fiscal 2020 spending bill provided more money to USDA for the loan and grant program, but the Senate does not. What's next? Well, the Senate will continue debate next week on a package of bills that includes the USDA funding measure for FY20. Senate Appropriations Chairman Richard Shelby of Alabama said the House and the Senate will likely need until January or February to finish negotiating differences in those and the other 2020 bills. Farm groups welcome change in pesticide rules. A new proposal on pesticide application exclusion zones has the ag community cheering and farm worker advocates fuming. The proposal, announced yesterday by EPA, would limit AEZs, buffers that are 100 feet for aerial spraying and 25 feet for ground applications, to the farmer's property. EPA said it was too difficult for growers to ascertain who might be affected off their property. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue said the changes, quote, will make it easier for farmers and growers to comply with the AEZ requirements. But an attorney with farm worker justice, Iris Figueroa, said the proposed language would lead to more people being exposed to pesticide drift. ARC and PLC decision tougher than first looked. 
Economists have been expecting farmers to switch wholesale from the agriculture risk coverage program to price loss coverage this year, but the decision may not be that easy. In fact, economists now think many Midwestern producers who have had yield losses due to this year's tough weather could decide to stay in arc. A new analysis from the American Farm Bureau Federation lays out why. Farmers who have a 16% decline in corn yields or an 8% decline in soybeans could qualify for an ARC payment for 2019, the analysis found. Corn and soybean growers are not likely to get a PLC payment for this year, and there's no certainty they'll see one in 2020 either. In 2021, farmers would have the chance to switch programs. Here's the bottom line. AFBF Chief Economist John Newton says the decision will boil down to whether the producer thinks PLC in 2020 will pay more than ARC in 2019. That's assuming the producer had a significant yield decline. Diet Advisor Study Age Impacts USDA HHS Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee has started hashing out how to organize its recommendations on healthy eating patterns in line with the direction and its charter to put an emphasis on variation in life stages. Yesterday, committee members supported the notion of developing recommendations based on age, especially since the guidelines will, for the first time, include recommendations from birth to 24 months. One possible breakdown would see group ages 2 to 5, 6 to 12, 13 to 18, 19 to 65, or 70, and 71 plus. The committee, which is still in the early stages of collecting data and deciding whether it's solid enough to consider, also discussed weaknesses and some studies that could prevent their consideration. Identifying research gaps will, quote, probably be the most important contribution the committee makes, according to DGAC member Sharon Donovan, a professor of pediatric nutrition at the University of Illinois. Correcting the record. The DGAC has developed new protocols for some questions that it's considering, but is not taking new questions, contrary to what we told you yesterday. U.S. soy exports to Egypt remain abnormally strong. Egypt is continuing to be a bright spot for U.S. soybean exports at a time when the tariff war with China has depressed trade. Egypt was the top destination for U.S. soybean exports, 203,000 metric tons for the week ending October 11 to 17, showing sales are still strong in 2019 after a record-breaking 2018. U.S. exported about $1.2 billion worth of soybeans to Egypt in the 2018 calendar year, up from just $364 million in 2017. Egypt's crush capacity has undergone a major expansion as domestic industries demand more high-protein soybean meal and high-quality soy oil, according to USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Elvis was here. Agencies plagued by fake comments. A Senate committee report says EPA, the Federal Communications Commission, and other agencies are being deluged with phony comments and aren't doing enough to stop them. Elvis Presley has commented posthumously ten times to the FCC. Commenters have used the name Adolf Hitler 41 times in comments to the agency. In other cases, commenters have posted the entire text of the novels War and Peace and Les Miserables. The report also found numerous instances of stolen identities being used to make comments as well as abusive language and profanity directed at the agencies. 
Only one agency contacted by the congressional reviewers, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, has referred allegations of suspicious activity to the FBI. USDA was not included in the bipartisan review. Here's today's He Said It. The online comment process provides Americans with the opportunity to voice their opinions and provide meaningful input to federal agencies while ensuring that these agencies have on the best information possible when issuing regulations that implement federal laws. That's the word of Senator Rob Portman of Ohio. However, the online comment systems are too often being abused and agencies have not taken adequate steps to address that abuse. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, October 25th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.